Jed, Tom, somebody please make some sense on what the hell that was this trade deadline by the Chicago Cubs. Seriously, <laughs> could somebody in this crazy world try to make sense on what happened that trade deadline? Oh, and that's not it. There's some other craziness that the Chicago Cubs and MLB baseball do. Marvelous one, Devin Tingle, <laughs> Paul Shivari, myself, Mike Mercado. Marvelous one, Dan Marver, please, please make some sense of what the hell just happened. They decided to keep Wilson Contreras. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, they decided to make sure nobody was left in the bullpen who pitches beyond the sixth inning except for Rowan Wick. Because everybody else that had a save or a setup is gone now. And they, you know, hopefully that that pays off. I have a feeling that maybe Contreras is going to stay with the Cubs now. You know, they made some kind of a handshake deal or whatever. So that that would make the most sense. Now, Hap, I said that I didn't think he'd go because he's a 2024 free agent. So I didn't think he'd necessarily go. But no players went this time. No, you know, from the field except for Simmons. <laughs> Who went completely? <laughs> They're great shortstop pickup over those over the winter. Andrelton is that his name? Whatever. So he's gone. But in any event, but the big news for me mm. is the Cubs and the Cardinals are playing in Saint in London next year <laughs> in June, and that's the two games. Now, many of you in the radio world may not know this, but right now in this year, there are 19 games played among divisional opponents. 76 for you math majors. Next year, it's going to be 12 which is 48 for your math majors, which means that there'll be 10 games between the Cubs and the Cardinals played on the mainland USA, okay? <laughs> now, right now, the interleague games are 20, okay? Next year, you're going to play all 15 teams, 14 of them three times, 42, plus your favorite rival for 46. So that's going up 26 games to make up for the rivalry games, such as Cardinals, Reds, Pirates, and Brewers, which are going down. Please make some sense of that. Now, here's what I hope happens. I hope that every team in the NL Central goes 0 and 45 because I want the winning team from the Central Division to be 62 and 100. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which is math, goodness. which is mathematically possible if you think about it. <laughs> Marvelous. But I don't know. Sorry, sorry we... about sorry about my rant. <laughs> no, where do we where do we even start with all this craziness? I mean, we have this field of dreams game coming right down the pipeline between two teams who aren't competing. You have the Chicago Cubs who for two straight seasons put their fans and players through baseball hell by pretending like they were going to make these moves and it's all for the future. And then they go and pretend that they're going to go buy Chelsea football club. Oh, and just by coincidence, the year that they want to go buy one of Europe's biggest football teams, they get two games in London against their division rival. I'm going to tell you something right now. Marvel, we love to have fun here. We love to talk and, and BS. And like, we understand for all the important shows that we have on WCPT 820, we're the show that's supposed to bring the light, the funness, a lot of whether it's a crazy news story nationally or locally. But what is going on with the Cubs is crazy. And now this is where I want to break it down to you, right? Because let's, we'll go to the London thing in a little bit because I think that's all Major League Baseball and the ownership. But what's happening on that roster? What happened this trade deadline? What happened last trade deadline? And then what Jed said the, to the media after the deadline came and went. I don't know if the vibes are the same. I don't know if the trust is the same. But I've never seen an ownership and front office have their reputation and their goodwill deteriorate the way that this front office and ownership has. And it's not just because, you know, they had to rip a Band-Aid. It's how they did it. 
It's how callous they were about it. And then it doesn't help that, you know, in the 1990s, right? A player could get traded. You really didn't see a lot of crazy video about it. You really didn't see a lot about it. You saw the last minute quotes that he did to the beat reporters. And then he was off to his new team. Nowadays, you're seeing Chris Bryant cry in the dugout because he was drafted at a team at 18. And when he's finally married, has a house and starting a family. And when he's about to make the most money in his life, he's traded like that without any consideration. Anthony Rizzo, how many foundations has he started here? A man of the people gone like that. And then Wilson Contreras, say what you will. I understand the, the, the arguments, the negatives of a 30-year-old catcher, a lot of miles, part of two different regimes before this regime came. I get it. But it's a different time in baseball. It's a 30-year-old who's still maintaining, who's a leader in your clubhouse, whether he's the leader you want, a leader nonetheless for guys like Christopher Morrell and Ortega and a lot of these guys coming on. But you have a DH now. You don't, when you argue that you gave Jason Hayward so much money, you can validate this because you're paying for a guy who did it for you and who does something good for you. Now, Marvelous One, I think all this broke down the way it did because of one guy, and that's Juan Soto. And obviously, Paul Shivari and Devin are going to talk about the craziness that was the trade deadline. But that's what derailed the Chicago Cubs, I think. I think when a once-in-a-lifetime generation like Juan Soto came out, Wilson Couture's bat wasn't needed. So when you saw that trade, is that the moment it hit you where, like, it's going to be tough for the Cubs to get anything near what Juan Soto got for the Nationals? Um, as long as the Contreras wasn't going to the Padres. I mean, there was still the Mets and Giants and some other teams that, that could have used a catcher. But uh, uh, that, that was a surprise that he didn't go at all. But here's the thing. You have to remember, the Cubs aren't planning to win in 2023. They're planning to win in 2030. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, are they the Bears now? They're waiting for a new stadium, too? <laughs> that could happen someday, not, not in their lifetime, but yeah. that's the thing. They're, you know, they, they got some young players last year and they got some pitchers and whatnot this year. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess the, 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 the thinking is that they, unless they're going to get free agents, mm. which might not be a bad idea since they must have some money. <laughs> somewhere. Away. It's got to be somewhere. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but I will say this about baseball. It still is a business. Mm -hmm. And with the crying and the hugging and everything, that's nice. But the players could sign yeah. to extend. They could have. Rizzo, Baez, Bryant could have signed to extend. They would have gotten healthy money, but they chose not to. And so, I mean, they're still playing baseball, except for Bryant, who seems to be injured yeah. this year most yeah. of the time. Mm -hmm. They seem to be playing baseball. They're getting paid. They're going to have a, a good pension when they're done. So, I mean, we're not going to have to have a tag day for them. Let's put it that way. Right. Let me just say that. You know, so the emotion of being a cubby, it isn't the same as it was with, with Ernie Banks and Billy Williams for me. You know, uh, I mean, the Ernie stayed with the Cubs the whole time. Williams and Santo actually played for another team, but it doesn't even seem like they did. Yeah, it doesn't but, count. You know, but if you go back to those days, it, it was like more common that, 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 that before free agency, which was in the 60s, Really, it's starting with, you know, the, the Kurt Flood, Catfish Hunter and all that group. It was like a player was very often with a team until they, the team felt they were worn out and tried to get something at the very end of their career. Santa Williams, Jenkins, et cetera. So uh, it's a different era yeah. and it is business and they'll still fill the park up. That's yeah. say, you know, it doesn't matter what they'll fill the park up in the bleachers. They'll be piling together their big cups, their cups. And then in the box seats, I noticed the behind home plate, they're 
they're a lot of them are empty. I mean, they're doing a tax write-off or what, so they don't even show up, you know, sometimes. Uh, so I don't, you know, mm, it, mm. It's the place <laughs> they're not gonna again. I don't think they're gonna have to have a tag day for the Cubs financially, the you know, the, the big picture Cubs. Yeah. So I don't feel sorry too much for the players or the Cubs, but I don't see how they're gonna win in this decade, honestly. It, it, marvelous, but that's it, right? Like you're hitting all the different points that every section of sports fan is feeling with in this city with three different teams and four teams if you want to include the White Sox. This has been my argument with Paulie Dangerous here on the Sports Cubicle with a lot of White Sox fans, and I'm going to include the Cubs into this. In Major League Baseball, it's just money. Now, it's easy for us. It's not our money. We're not billionaires. We don't like spending an extra 20 bucks if we don't have to. But the point is, is... Tom Ricketts, like you said, is not going to be crying poor anytime soon. He owns half of the north side of Chicago at this point. And, yeah, a lot of these players, like a Javi, a Brian, a Rizzo, they made their money. They're going to be fine. They have generational wealth. But it doesn't change the fact that just because you don't have to or that they can somewhere else, that you shouldn't. That this Cubs team shouldn't be money responsibly. Again, I'm not saying just willy-nilly throw it anywhere. But the fact that the White Sox weren't in on Max Scherzer, that they weren't in on Carlos Correa, that to me is a why not? Why? Because they're too expensive. It's just money in your sport. The Bears have a cap. The Bulls have a cap. Now there's luxury taxes and whatnot, but if you're winning, it doesn't matter. You're making that back. And these TV deals and this market, and it's something I've argued with a lot of people on this team. You can say that the White Sox may be in the third largest market in the country, but their 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 attendance and the way that they're ran doesn't make it seem that way but when san diego the 18th largest market in the country is doing what they're doing there is no excuse the new york mets are the second team quote unquote in their city they're not doing that so it's not just about spending money it's about spending it smartly but alex correa for example that was a smart deal not only for him but for the twins three years 100 and something million two-year option puts you in a position this is where I'm confused with the Cubs, though. What about Marcus Stroman? What about Seiya Suzuki? Where, where did those signings come from? Why did you do that? Where do you think your window is? Yeah. I'm to the belief that I don't think Jed Hoyer knows because his ownership hasn't told him. Yeah. What is the plan? Let's look at last year's champion, Atlanta Braves. Yes. Where were they at the trade deadline? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and they, they were not... You know, they were they were bad teams better than the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. And Jock Peterson shows up, they make a couple of trades, and next thing you know, they get a bite at the apple and they win the freaking World Series. Right. Look at Washington. Washington made a few moves, got a couple of guys together, a couple of young studs, they win a championship. Mm-hmm. The Cubs did it. We've seen it with the Dodgers, the Astros. It's it's not that it's impossible, and you're a hundred percent right. Like you could tell me the baseball reasons why you move on for Chris Bryant. Bad back, bad feet. Again, on the other end of his of his age that we would like, but we can't ignore the fact that the Cubs, quote unquote, by the rules that they were given, did him dirty. They did do him dirty. They did a lot of their minor leaguers dirty. Right. That at the was beginning the where they at the beginning where they kept mm-hmm. him in the minors in April, so they'd have him get another year out of him. Another year yeah. out of him. So, like again, not the biggest of deals, but something that you just keep in mind of how these teams treat their star players. Because again, in the NBA, a p- much more of a players league. Your guy stays there typically. We knew from Jump Street, Zach Levine was going to get taken care of by the Chicago Bulls because in the NBA, if you've done what you're supposed to, they pay you. The National Football League is much more for quarterbacks. If you do your job, we will pay you. We have no choice. Baseball is not like that. Baseball runs on a weird way of losses. 
And how much are we at the end of the season in our books? It's a business. We understand that. It's not sport. It's not show friendship. It's show business. So 100% get it. But, you know, Marvel, for example, Marvel Studios, all the superhero movies, right? They spend $200 million to make those movies. It's a lot of money for any company to spend to, to shell out. Why? Because the return is a billion dollars. So if you're the Cubs and you spend $150, $200 million on a smart roster, a roster that competes, you're going to make it. Because if you're selling out against the Miami Marlins, what do you think you're going to be doing in October? It's just <laughs> you know, upsetting, I, Marvelous. I know. The funny thing is that they got a little bit lucky when they at the end after the trade deadline next year where they all of a sudden had a Wisdom, Ortega, you know, Schwindel seemed to be okay players who had been career minor leaguers. So they got a little bit of lightning in a battle there, but I don't think that's going to take them to the promised land. No, no. You know? yeah. And I would, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't really seen an interview with management explaining exactly what the plan is, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, I won't equate it to the banking world. Billions however, dollars still marvelous one. It's still however, billions dollars. I, I know a little bit about the banking world and anybody you talk to about anything that has to do with a plan for the future, there's a lot of um, deflection mm-hmm. and excuses and no solutions. And that's what I find in baseball too. So oh yeah, that's my that's my take on it. And please don't fire me for that. <laughs> this is all, of course, <laughs> in theory, of course. This is all right. just conversational. In the theory for a lot of banks, but <laughs> yeah. not the one that I've ever worked for. Hypothetically speaking. <laughs> right. Now, I, but you bring up the, the ultimate point that a lot of people have turned on the rickets, and that's this is no longer the owners of the Chicago Cubs, but real estate owners, real estate moguls in the north side of Wrigley of, of Chicago at Wrigleyville. That's what I think a lot of people have felt this has become. But that is what happened during the trade deadline. And God bless you, Wilson Contreras, for hitting that home run and getting Wrigley Field hyped up, getting a standing ovation, getting back there, and then getting a standing ovation when you won them that game. Because every time you now, Wilson Contreras or Ian Happ, help the Cubs win a team, that's a straight middle finger to that front office and ownership. And I'm one for for it because this isn't the National Football League. This Mm -hmm. isn't the NBA. We're first, second, third pick in the draft. It's going to get you a superstar that's going to start right away. Luck is not a game plan. Mm-hmm. It is not a way to run. Luck is not. And that's what a lot of this is that they're trying to sell us on. Yeah. They're, but, they're down, ahead, you're right. They're down just Hayward and Hendricks and Contreras from 2016 and Ross, of course, mm-hmm. are, are the play, people that remain from that team. So it's basically a race. So mm-hmm. we're in a completely new era. And, uh, you know, you, you do look at some of the other rosters of the successful teams, and there are a lot of names mm-hmm. that you haven't really heard of. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, uh, it was when they were playing the Giants recently. The Giants had a tremendous record last year, and there are a lot of names there that aren't that familiar, except for Yastrzemski's uh, grandson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I think that's a, a bigger issue with Major League Baseball in general, too, because we, as sports fans, we know some of the young kids' names, and we know a lot of the lineage players that have had daddies in the league in the years past. Baseball has a, done a tor- terrible job. Uh, promoting his young stars because there's a lot of super good dudes beyond just Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani. Yeah, they're unicorns, but those are the only guys you hear about. Not compared to the entire thing of Major League Baseball that has super studs in their league, but you'll never hear about it because Major League Baseball has no idea how to promote his stars. And when teams like the Chicago Cubs aren't acting like the Dodgers or the Mets or the Yankees, and you're not keeping your studs for a long time, it's hard to fall in love with them. Marvelous one, before we move on, we're going to be talking about this forever because this just seems like it's never ending with the Cubs. But speaking of the Cubs, they're going to be in the front, forefront of a lot of national games because they are the marquee. 
They are one of the, the big brands in all of sports and entertainment. We have this Build of Dreams game against the Cincinnati Reds, which, I mean, might as well be a spring training game. And then you're going to London next year. I mean, is this, this overexposure, this can't be good for them, right? Or is this going to be better for the fans because people are going to see them embarrassing themselves, not the players. The players always try hard. This is a try-hard baseball team. But the ownership and front office, you think this is going to embarrass them, maybe get them into shape a little bit faster? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about the Field of Dreams game is that was planned basically a year ago. Mm-hmm. And they, I don't know if it was before or after the trade deadline, actually. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they knew exactly. The Cubs did. I don't think they've been in sixth place before this week, but they were mm-hmm. after the St. Louis series. So uh, you're gonna, you have the two bottom feeders in the East playing each other. And and Cincinnati was supposed to be on the way up at one point too. Remember, yeah. I mean, they were they were up and comer a year ago or two. So maybe that was the thinking at that point. But uh, I guess also you're not going to probably have a coastal team going to Iowa. It looks like sure. that's been the plan. Although, you, you know, Cincinnati Cubs. I mean, White Sox. I mean, you're probably not going to have uh, you know the two West Coast teams playing in Iowa. So that's probably the way it is. I mean, the Brewers, you know could get involved or whatever. So the Royals, I mean, they're kind of in the vicinity. So those are some other options, but I'm just saying that uh, it appears as though that's the plan to have teams within several hundred miles of Iowa participate in this thing. So that limits the pool right there. Yeah. Again, another financial decision, beautiful optics, awesome (laughs) way that, uh, that Fox presents that game. They did a great job last year. I mean, it was a fun game last year. I thought that was going to propel the White Sox to a deep World Series run and couldn't get past Houston. But, you know, for the Cubs, I just hope that the players shine. Some of the young guys are able to do some things. And I hope at the end of the day, people call out Tom Ricketts. I don't yeah. as much as I want to call out Jed Hoyer. I've never seen him do the job before. So right. he's on. I'm, we're watching him right now. We're yeah. evaluating him. I've seen what Tom Ricketts has done. So it's on him now. Yeah. Well, I mean, although I will say, you know, in all fairness, they did bring the Yankees to Iowa last year. So I guess yeah, yeah. yeah. it doesn't, doesn't have to be all Midwest, but uh, I'm calling it next year. I think yeah. next year we, the game is going to be Dodgers Padres. <laughs> I think that's the game next really? year. They're going to bring San Diego. They're going to bring the Dodgers and you're going to have an all-star game. At well, they could, well field here's field. the thing. They could just be able to build a field of dreams in Hollywood. No, oh, I mean, you're, <laughs> they've done it before. So uh, right. marvelous one. You know what? It, it's been glad to uh, this therapeutic session here on the sports cubicle <laughs> with the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Single, Paul Shavari, myself, Mike Mercado on WCPT 820 AM has been much needed because it was a long two months in the summer. If you're a cup fan waiting for the dominoes to fall. And then when 501 came around and then you mm-hmm. waited like, well, you know, it takes a few minutes for these last minute deals to get through. And then 630 came around, seven came around and he's on the lineup. Ian Happ and Wilson were in the li- lineup. Yeah, we knew it was going to be even longer, which I will say this before we finish this segment. We do know that typically nowadays in baseball, you get more value for your bullpen arms this point of the year, and you get most value for your positional hitters in the offseason winter meetings. So I do think Wilson might sign that that deal. We'll see what happens. There's a compensatory draft pick if he signs somewhere else. It's a lot of foolishness. But now I think there is a reality in which he might sign. But really, Ian Happ is on the clock now. Ian Happ is the one who you have to keep your eye on when it comes to December when these GMs get together. So that mm-hmm. we will have to keep our eye right. on. Yeah, Happ would be a trade possibility. Contreras, that we're past that point. Yeah. But as soon as I saw them really using both Gomes and Higgins at catcher, I thought, 
This is, clearly the, this is clearly the plan. Yeah. <laughs> so it's something we'll have our uh, we'll have to keep our eyes on, especially with September right around the corner. Yeah. We'll see who these call ups are. But let us know your thoughts. What did you think the Chicago Cubs pretty much stay put, including the Chicago White Sox? Are you frustrated? Were you ecstatic? Do you think this means that these two superstars for the Cubs, these two all stars are coming back for a longer tenure? We want to know your thoughts. We're on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. The Marvelous Dan Marver. It's Devin Tingle. It's Paul Shavari. <laughs> I'm Mike Mercado.